Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Today on Vitality Radio, we're going to talk about black seed oil. Have you ever heard of it? If you haven't, I think you'll be interested. The research coming out is really, really cool. We'll go into that. We're also going to talk about the recent removal of use of monoclonal antibodies that they say are ineffective against Omicron and the vaccines and whether or not they're effective against Omicron. That's what we're going to talk about today on Vitality Radio. I'm Jared St. Clair. I'm your host each and every week. If you are listening on local radio, thank you for joining us. I sure appreciate it. Everybody that's willing to lend me an ear for an hour is certainly welcome to the program. If you are listening on the podcast, even better because you have lots of access to additional information. I'm releasing on a regular basis special episodes that don't air on the radio, also vintage episodes of old radio shows that still have great content for you. At least two episodes a week are released as podcasts versus just the one on the radio. Love to have you find us over there. You can look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, and so many others. If you'd like to find Vitality Radio, just search Vitality Radio with Jared St. Clair and hit subscribe or follow, and uh, there you have it. You can also go to vitalityradio.com. If you're uh, not very familiar with the podcast world, you can go to vitalityradio.com, and all of the shows are there. We just hit 200 episodes last week, and uh, I sure appreciate all of your ears listening to the show, supporting the show. Uh, Thank you so much. Vitality Radio, always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. You can call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. If you have questions about anything you hear on Vitality Radio, or if you just want help with your health from natural products and natural resources, We are a great source to help you out. Been doing it for over 44 years now, and we absolutely love what we do at Vitality Nutrition. And if you're nowhere near Bountiful, that's okay. You can call us on that number, 801-292-6662, and we'll help you through the phone, through the mail, through email, whatever works. And soon, very soon, just about three weeks from now, we'll have a really great new website where you can interact with us there as well. Okay, one more announcement before we jump into the meat of the show. I've got a rant for you, and I'm excited to deliver it because I uh, haven't done a big rant for a little bit, but uh, I'm ready to go today. The announcement is if you are a Vitality VIP, that means you're in our rewards system at Vitality Nutrition, and you've uh, checked in at least six times, then we are having a weekend VIP sale, which goes all day today, Saturday, the 29th of January. Everything is on sale for VIPs, 
And most of the stores, 20% off. Many items are as much as 50% off. And we're doing some really fun stuff, including giving a gift bag to the first 100 people that come in. And uh, the last couple of months, we have run out of those bags. So we'd love to have you visit us. And we can also take care of you over the phone, like I said. So that's going on today at Vitality Nutrition. But without further ado, let's jump into the Vital Rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, I'm going to start the rant with a disclaimer, and this is important. I am not a doctor. I don't claim to be a doctor. I am not a healthcare practitioner in any of the traditional licensed senses of the word. And the information that you hear on Vitality Radio is mine and mine alone. It does not represent anything that the radio stations that bring this show to you uh, would potentially think. These are my thoughts. But in this rant, I will be reading directly from four different articles. None of this is my opinion. It's just the articles as they're written. I'll uh, add a few extra words here and there to tie things together. And then I'm going to ask a couple of questions at the end that a lot of people besides me are asking, and perhaps you're asking as well. But this is not designed to be medical advice. It is not designed to sway you one way or the other in terms of your thoughts on how you're going to take care of your health. This is just information that I believe you need to have. Okay, so in an article published all over the place this week, we have the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has revised the emergency use authorization, known as the EUA, for two monoclonal antibody combinations to treat mild to moderate COVID-19, halting their use for now because they are not effective against the dominant Omicron variant. Now, first off, if you're not aware of monoclonal antibodies, there's been a fair amount of discussion, we'll say, about monoclonal antibodies, and they became maybe a little bit more popular in terms of awareness when Joe Rogan used them when he had COVID and recommended that people use them because he believed they helped him get over it very, very quickly. Now, monoclonal antibodies were approved back in February of 2021, so almost a year ago, for the treatment of COVID-19. The idea being that basically they're going to inject antibodies against COVID into the body, uh, typically through an injection, or I believe they can be delivered through IV. I'm not positive on that. I've never had them administered to me. But regardless, that's what they are. And now the FDA has decided that they're going to remove them because they believe they're no longer effective or at least they're not effective against Omicron. So this is what they said in their statement, which was backed by the NIH. Now, the National Institutes of Health are basically above the FDA and the pecking order. So while they do 
different things. The FDA is part of the NIH. And according to this uh, article, they've decided that they're going to advise, the NIH is advised against the use of monoclonal antibody combos due to reduced activity against Omicron and because real-time testing to identify rare non-Omicron variants is not readily available. Meaning they don't know if you have Omicron or not, at least quickly. And so they don't know if using the antibodies would potentially be useful. Because data shows these treatments are highly unlikely to be active against the Omicron variant, which is circulating at a very high frequency throughout the United States, these treatments are not authorized for use in the United States, territories, and jurisdictions at this time, according to Patricia Cavazzoni, uh, who is the director of the FDA's Center for Drug Evaluation and Research. Revising these emergency use authorizations avoids exposing patients to side effects such as injection site reactions or allergic reactions, which can be potentially serious from specific treatment agents that are not expected to provide benefit to patients who have been infected with or exposed to the Omicron variant, she added. Okay, so I can get on board with that. If the antibodies have proven not to be effective against Omicron, there's no point in necessarily using them. The antibodies do, like every other drug in the world, have the potential for side effects and harm. And that's what they've decided to do. But then in the same article, they say vaccines and boosters are still the key. While it's critical that we have ways to treat those who contract COVID-19, the authorized treatments are not a substitute for vaccination in individuals for whom COVID-19 vaccination and a booster dose are recommended, she said. Data has clearly demonstrated that the available safe and effective vaccines can lower your risk of developing COVID-19 and experiencing the potential associated serious disease progression, including hospitalization and death, according to Cavazzoni again. Um, uh, Dr. Harmon from the AMA agrees, saying that they strongly urge every eligible individual to make sure they are up to date on their COVID-19 vaccines, including their booster doses. The Omicron variant is highly contagious, and the unvaccinated remain most at risk of severe illness, hospitalization, and death if infected. Data further suggests that a booster dose provides greater protection against the Omicron variant. Now, I want you to pay attention to a couple of things that are in that article. He says, data further suggests that a booster dose provides greater protection against the Omicron variant. It doesn't say how much greater, but just greater protection. And remember what Cavazzoni said, that the reason they're pulling the monoclonal antibodies is because they want to avoid exposing patients to side effects such as injection site reactions or allergic reactions, which can be potentially serious. Okay, so that's what they're, uh, they're saying. So the question is, does the data really suggest that the boosters are effective against Omicron or the vaccines in general? And let's go and read a little bit more from Toronto on the website newsmedical.net. In a study recently published on the MedRxIV preprint server, the effectiveness of coronavirus 2019, COVID-19, vaccines against the severe acute respiratory syndrome, which is SARS-CoV-2, Omicron variant was studied. The study concluded that two vaccine doses are highly ineffective against infection by the Omicron variant. 
Okay, so two doses seem to not be effective. In fact, they state are highly ineffective, according to a study that was done in Toronto. The Deseret News here in Salt Lake City uh, reports, a recent study from researchers at Columbia University suggested that the Omicron variant of COVID-19 is markedly resistant to the COVID-19 vaccines. Antibody treatments and COVID-19 vaccine boosters as uh, was written in the Deseret News before. So it's remarkably resistant to the vaccines and the antibody treatments. According to Deseret News, experts have been advising unvaccinated people to get vaccinated against COVID-19 and for fully vaccinated people to get their booster shots. So I don't quite understand that. In the first paragraph, it says recent study for research is Researchers at Columbia University suggest that the Omicron variant is markedly resistant to the COVID-19 vaccines, and yet experts have been advising unvaccinated people to get vaccinated and fully vaccinated people to get their vaccine boosters. Early data suggests that the Omicron variant causes less severe COVID-19 symptoms and hospitalizations, though. But this is all based on early data and may take time to assess the severity of the corona variant. So, again... We have two studies now, one in Toronto that says that two vaccine doses are not effective, highly ineffective is the word they used, against Omicron. And a recent study from Columbia University suggesting that Omicron variant is markedly resistant to the COVID-19 vaccines. And then out of Israel, where they're ahead of the game by about one booster on the COVID vaccines. Even a fourth shot of COVID-19 vaccine is not good enough to prevent Omicron, according to a study in Israel. Sheba Hospital last month tested a fourth shot given to more than 270 medical workers, with 154 getting the Pfizer jab and 120 receiving Moderna. The researchers revealed Monday that both groups showed a slightly higher increase in antibodies than after the third shot, but still not enough to prevent Omicron, the latest variant responsible for vast majority of infections around the world. Despite increased antibody levels, the fourth vaccine only offers a partial defense against the virus, according to Dr. Gili Rajiv Yoche. Yoke, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I apologize. Director of the hospital's infectious disease unit. The study saw many infected with Omicron who received the fourth dose. She said, granted, a bit less than the control group, but still a lot of infections. So according to Israel, they're saying that maybe there's a slight uptick in um, prevention of infection from Omicron with a fourth shot, in other words, a second booster. And yet, in all the statements and on all the billboards, we still are told that the best protection is still vaccination and boosters. But what of the statement from the report about the removal of the monoclonal antibodies that I read earlier? Remember, Dr. Cavazzoni from the FDA said that the reason they're removing the emergency use authorization for the antibodies uh, the monoclonal antibodies, is that they want to avoid exposing patients to side effects such as injection site reactions or allergic reactions, which can be potentially serious from the specific treatment agents that are not expected to provide benefit. So if the monoclonal antibodies are not expected to provide benefit, the vaccines are apparently not very effective against Omicron either, then why are they pulling one and not pulling the other? These are the questions that I have, and, and I'm genuinely curious about why are they doing that? In fact, Pfizer is currently working on a new vaccine where they're going to tweak it to try to handle Omicron. So why not just 
discontinue the current vaccine program until we have the new vaccines that are actually effective against Omicron? I don't know the answer to that question. Because if you review the VAERS data, that's the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, you'll see that there have been over 1 million adverse reactions reported, including 22,193 deaths from the vaccines so far. So is that not concerning enough to FDA or NIH or CDC to consider stopping the rollout of these vaccines if we know that they aren't particularly effective against Omicron? Why pull one ineffective thing and not the other ineffective thing, especially if your primary concern is to avoid exposing patients to side effects that could potentially be serious? So those are the questions I have. That's the latest research that's coming out. We now have three studies from three parts of the world uh, here in the U.S. at Columbia University in Toronto and all the way over in Israel saying that it doesn't appear the vaccines do much against Omicron and to the point where Pfizer is saying, well, we're going to revise our vaccine and make it effective against Omicron. Now, how soon they roll that out, who knows? And if there's a new variant at that point, maybe that doesn't make a difference either. So I don't know. That's all yet to be determined. But interesting news nonetheless. So then now I'm going to give you my opinion having nothing to do with drugs or vaccines, but what else can you do? Now, I did a show just a week ago talking about what could potentially be effective, and I'm going to reiterate really quickly. We know so far, because we have multiple studies on all of these things, that vitamin D is very, very important in the prevention of infection and illness from COVID-19, including Alpha and Delta, and certainly most likely against Omicron, which seems to be a weak cousin to those two anyway. Also, vitamin C has received multiple studies showing that it's effective. Zinc, multiple studies that show it's effective. Quercetin, multiple studies. And Dr. Peter McCullough specifically says, look, it takes three to five days and he said this on my show, episode 175, if you want to hear it right from the horse's mouth. But he said three to five days for this stuff to stay in the sinuses or the mouth before you actually become infected to the point of showing symptoms. And that was with Delta, which was far more, uh, it didn't seem to be as contagious as Omicron, but more dangerous than Omicron. He says, so why not just clean those two pass pathways out on a regular basis and keep yourself from getting it in the first place. And he recommended that you use saline solution with iodine, pulvidone iodine, which you can get at pretty much any drugstore, or food-grade hydrogen peroxide, which you can get at most health food stores, including Vitality Nutrition, and do a nasal wash or nebulize, or he talked about using a neti pot, if you're familiar with that. There's a bunch of different ways you can do it. You can also put it in a nasal spray and spray it up in your sinuses. And then rinse your mouth out. Um, I use something called BR, which I absolutely love. It's brushing rinse is what it stands for, but it's made out of 1% food-grade hydrogen peroxide. I've used it for years since way before coronavirus was a thing, or COVID anyway was a thing, uh, as a mouth rinse just for the health of my teeth and gums. And it's fantastic for the purposes of that because it provides a massive amount of 
oxygen to the area. And we know that viruses and bacteria don't survive well in that environment. So we have all these things that we can potentially do that we know have minimal, if any, side effects whatsoever. And what I love about it is they don't seem to be less effective against Omicron versus Delta versus Alpha because they're not attacking a specific type of virus like the pharmaceutical options do. They just bolster your immune response against all the invaders that could potentially get us, bacteria, viruses, things like that. So even if you're in the camp of, hey, my best option is vaccines and boosters, that doesn't mean that you can't also be in the camp of maybe I also should be taking care of my health from a holistic standpoint, looking at vitamins and minerals and things like that. And if you're not in the camp of my best option is vaccines and boosters, then it would make sense that you would be in the camp that, hey, let's take care of my health with vitamins and minerals and things like that. So there's a lot of different options here that are available. There's a lot of evidence that these things work. And right now, what we do know about Omicron is that the stuff that they've been telling us to do about it, they're saying doesn't seem to help that much. And that would make sense as we see that infection rates of COVID-19 are higher than they've ever been since this thing started two years ago. And I might add, because I don't talk about them enough, I talked about hydration on last week's podcast, and hydration's a big factor with all this too. Keeping the cells hydrated is huge for keeping your immune system bolstered. But also, how about exercise and diet? Deep breathing has very good evidence that it improves your immune system. An actual breath work routine that you can do, you know, morning and night. Yoga is another one that they've proven time and time again, helps with immune response. So why not do these things? They're inexpensive or free. They're good for you for a variety of reasons, aside from potentially preventing COVID-19, and they're economical. So I did say inexpensive and economical. I guess they're both. (laughs) But really, it boils down to they actually work. We know they work. Nothing that I'm aware of is 100% effective against any illness. I don't know of anything, but if we have all these options available, then I think we should be looking at the whole realm of options as opposed to just one course of action. Again, my opinion, I'm not your doctor. You get to decide, but uh, I think that news is very, very interesting. Okay, I'm going to cut to a break, and when I come back, I'm going to talk about black seed oil. Now, if you've not heard of black seed oil, it's an old medicine, like thousands of years old. It's been used in many different areas of the world, and now it's getting some interesting publicity and research that has been published on PubMed through major medical journals about what it can potentially do for a variety of things, but including possibly being beneficial for what we're dealing with right now with this COVID thing. So we'll cut to a quick break. Again, if you have questions about anything you hear on Vitality Radio, call us 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, 
others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair. We're talking about black seed oil now for the remainder of the show and I'm really excited about this. I touched on it very briefly on last week's episode, and I knew I wasn't going to have time to give it justice. So I wanted to dig into it deeper. I've spent a good chunk of my time this week educating myself more on this topic. It's really fascinating stuff, and I'm excited to bring it to you. Two things. Remember, Vitality Radio, always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful at 107 South, 500 West. And if you have questions about anything you hear on the show, you can call us 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. And second, of course, I am not a doctor. I'm just Jared St. Clair, and I am reporting on black seed oil strictly from scientific papers. So up until now, I had little knowledge of the benefits of black seed oil. Primarily, I was aware that it had some anti-inflammatory uses. But other than that, I hadn't done a lot of research, certainly nothing like what I've done over the last two weeks. So as I said, for the balance of the show, I'm simply going to read and summarize the research that has been done on black seed oil as it relates to COVID-19 and other health issues. These aren't my opinions, and this is not anecdotal evidence. This is solid clinical research from across the globe, all of which has been published in scientific and medical journals. So first, a little history on black seed oil. You know, what is it? Where does it come from? Well, it comes from mostly Africa. In fact, black seeds have been found in several ancient sites, including King Tut's tomb. Uh, the Persian physician, Avicenna, regarded as the father of early modern medicine, described the plant in his canon of medicine as offering a treatment for shortness of breath. So we know it has ancient medical cred, which always excites me because, you know, I geek out on that kind of stuff. So now... Let's get into the modern research. Does it have any real modern medical credibility? Speaking of Egypt, three researchers from there published a phenomenal paper that I absolutely loved, and it was 
<laughs> it was long. There was a lot there. So I've, I've shortened it up a lot, pulled out a couple of chunks that I think are really valuable that I want you to hear. But their paper was a meta-analysis of sorts where they looked at a bunch of other papers, not quite a traditional meta-analysis, but they essentially uh, pulled information from a bunch of other papers that have been published on black seed oil to give you an idea of what they believe black seed oil can potentially do. Uh, at the beginning of all these research papers is an abstract, and I'd like to read that word for word. It's it's a little detailed, but it's well worth your ears. So uh, give me your ear for a minute and let's go through this. The abstract of their paper starts off, COVID-19 has caused a major global health crisis as excessive inflammation, oxidation, and exaggerated immune response in some sufferers can lead to a condition known as a cytokine storm which may progress to acute respiratory distress syndrome, otherwise known as ARDS, A-R-D-S, which can be fatal. So far, few effective drugs have emerged to assist in the treatment of patients with COVID-19, though some herbal medicine candidates may assist in the fight against COVID-19 deaths. TQ, which is timoquinone, is the main active ingredient in black seed oil which possesses antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, antiviral, antimicrobial, immunomodulatory, and anticoagulant activities. TQ also increases the activity and number of cytokine suppressors, lymphocytes, natural killer cells, and macrophages. And it has demonstrated antiviral potential against a number of viruses, including murine cytomegalovirus, Epstein-Barr virus, hepatitis C virus, HIV, and other coronaviruses. Recently, TQ has demonstrated notable antiviral activity against SARS-CoV-2, also known as COVID-19. And they demonstrated that antiviral activity in Egyptian patients. And interestingly, molecular docking studies have also shown that TQ could potentially inhibit COVID-19 development through binding to the receptor binding domain on the spike and envelope proteins of SARS-CoV-2. So this is really interesting, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, but bonding to the spike protein and envelope proteins, which would hinder the virus entry into the host cell and inhibit its ion channel and pore forming activity. So other studies have shown that TQ may have an inhibitory effect on SARS-CoV-2 proteases, which could diminish viral replication. And it has also demonstrated good antagonism to the ACE uh, receptor, allowing it to interfere with virus uptake into the host cell. Several studies have also noted its protective capabilities against numerous chronic disease and conditions, including diabetes, hypertension, asthma, renal dysfunction, and malignancy. TQ has recently been tested in clinical trials for the treatment of several different diseases, and this review thus aims to highlight the potential therapeutic effects of TQ in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, a lot to unpack there, and what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go through some of the individual studies that give you a little bit more uh, detail on what they believe it can potentially do. 
A study from a team from the University of Technology in Sydney, Australia, found an active ingredient in black seed can prevent COVID-19 from causing a lung infection. Their study was published in the journal Clinical and Experimental Pharmacology and Physiology. The Australian researchers that published that study have found that the seeds of the plant, nigella sativa, which is the black seed, could be utilized in the treatment of COVID-19 infection. Black seed oil is extracted from nigella sativa seeds and has been used in traditional medicine for well over 2,000 years due to its many therapeutic benefits. A flowering plant native to North Africa and Western Asia has been used for centuries as a traditional remedy for multiple medical conditions, including inflammation and infections. This team from Sydney found an active ingredient in nigella sativa can prevent COVID-19 from causing a lung infection. There is growing evidence from modeling studies that TQ, remember that's the, the big active volatile oil, it's known as thymoquinone. And for your purposes, really what you need to know is black seed oil. Thymoquinone is what they believe is the most active compound. There are a bunch of compounds within the black seed oil itself. You could call it TQ to keep it really simple. But uh, when you're looking for this product, if you decide you want to, it's simply under the name black seed oil. So that's the active ingredient in black seed oil. But they're saying that it can stick to the COVID-19 virus spike protein and stop the virus from causing a lung infection. That's according to the lead author of this study, Kaniz Fatma Shad, who is the professor at the University of Sydney. It may also block the cytokine storm that affects seriously ill patients who are hospitalized from COVID-19, he added. The study is published in the journal Clinical and Experimental Pharmacology and Physiology, and they found that TQ has been extensively studied in laboratories, including animal studies. These studies have shown that it can moderate the immune system in a good way by preventing pro-inflammatory chemicals such as interleukins from being released. This gives TQ a potential role as a treatment for allergic conditions such as asthma, eczema, arthritis conditions, including rheumatoid and osteoarthritis, and even possibly multiple sclerosis. Now, another study on black seed oil, which was a computer model that they mentioned in the abstract, this is really cool, uh, computer model molecular docking study published in biological and medicinal chemistry. That revealed that the bioactive compounds now, these are other compounds in black seed, okay? Nigelidine and aheterin found in the black seed oil were able to inhibit SARS-CoV-2 with a greater potential than favipiravir, chloroquine, and hydroxychloroquine. Now, that's interesting because we know that doctors, you know, Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, the frontline doctors, a lot of the other doctors that are talking about early treatment for COVID, they talk a lot about chloroquine or, well, hydroxychloroquine primarily. And there is evidence from this computer model uh, molecular docking study that the black seed oil may even be more effective than those, which is very, very interesting stuff. 
evidence from a second paper that reviewed the biological effects of the active compounds in black seed oil suggested that TQ may block the ACE2 receptors, which is where the SARS-CoV-2 binds to the cell and releases the viral RNA into the cytoplasm. Research has identified several zinc ionospheres. Now, two weeks ago on Vitality Radio, I believe it was episode 199, it may have been 197, but uh, I talked about Omicron and you know natural things that may potentially be beneficial, at least at keeping your immune system up against these types of things. And I talked about zinc ionospheres or ionophores, but regardless what they are, is they are basically compounds that shuttle zinc into the cell because there's two challenges with zinc. One is it's difficult to digest in the human stomach. It's a, a mineral, it's a metal, and it's not generally found in organic forms unless you're getting it from food. So if you're looking for it in a supplemental form, it's going to be a metallic element that is typically going to be chelated with something. My favorite is a zinc called OptiZinc. The OptiZinc is a chelate of methionine, which is an amino acid, and zinc. And the methionine makes a big difference in helping your body to digest and absorb it and deliver it to the cells. However, these zinc ionospheres are very, very interesting because they further help the zinc to be driven into the cell itself, where we know that zinc has a major impact on viruses once it gets to the cell and their, uh, the virus's ability to replicate. So you've been hearing about quercetin probably. That is one of the many zinc ionospheres in pharmaceutical medicine. Chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine are also zinc ionospheres. And so is EGCG, which comes from green tea. So there are a few different ones, but it's believed by a couple of these researchers anyway, that possibly black seed oil may be the best of the zinc ionospheres. And that is really cool and really promising because if we can get zinc where it belongs, then our body's ability to fight off viral invaders increases dramatically. We know that zinc even just taken as a throat lozenge, has a major impact on the coronavirus, which leads to the common cold. And it can cut a common cold from seven days down to about three and a half or four days in terms of symptoms. That's impressive. And that's just zinc without any of these carriers that take the zinc deeper into the cell. So perhaps black seed oil plays a major role there. Anyway, they said that the research that has identified these zinc ionospheres has suggested that several of the terpenes in black seed oil, sets it, and here's another one, nigelamine, are similar in structure to chloroquine. They hypothesize that this may even uh, mean that they function in a similar manner. Now, there's quite a bit of you know, kind of moving target science right now because SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 is, you know, two years old. And so we're still hypothesizing on some of the things. Some things are proven, some things are not. But I'm, as I said, I'm reading this straight out of the papers because I want you to get the information from the actual medical research and not just from 
you know, my opinion about what this stuff does. I personally have never used black seed oil. I uh, am getting more and more excited about it and thinking it's certainly something I'm going to try and test out for a variety of reasons, because anything that has those anti-inflammatory benefits is is welcome in my body because as I've talked about, you know, 85% of disease in this country is inflammatory in nature. So anything that has that anti-inflammatory benefit is more than welcome, but there's some other really cool things that I haven't even gotten to yet with black seed. So let's keep going. The recent data, they say, have shown that the active ingredients found in black seed oil may have greater potential in the treatment of COVID-19 than antiviral drugs. Now that's that's a big statement, may have greater potential in the treatment of COVID-19 than antiviral drugs, may act as a zinc ionosphore, and may help block the ACE2 receptors that the virus uses to infect the cell. Uh, pretty big words that they're using there in terms of what they're comparing it to. And they do state that there's more research that needs to be done for sure. But the cool thing about black seed oil is that in everything I studied, I couldn't find any harm in taking it. It doesn't seem to provide any uh, you know, negative side effects or anything like that. And one of the things that I've always said, there's all kinds of ways to try to improve your health. There's all kinds of ways to try and fight off illness of all types of things, you know, degenerative illness, as well as viral or bacterial infections or things like that. So why not use natural compounds that have a proven track record of safety and give them a shot and see what they can do for you, even if we don't have the clearest research that they're going to be beneficial. In the case of black seed oil, there's always more research to be done, but it appears that the research that has been done is very, very promising. So now let's go back to those three Egyptian researchers. Um, their names are Battery, Hamza, and this one's hard for me, Tecomdus. I think it is Tecomdus. So Battery, Hamza, and Tecomdus, they put together this uh, research paper that I was originally talking about that I read the abstract of which analyzed all these other papers. And they looked at the most active of the volatile oils, which is that TQ uh, in black seed oil. And what they said is that it is the main active ingredient of volatile oil of black seed. It was the first extracted and amongst the various different active constituents reported so far, TQ remains the major bioactive principle due to its range of therapeutic benefits, including, and these are big benefits, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer, antibacterial, anti-fungal activity, anti-convulsant activity. Furthermore, a more specific effect of the antiviral activity of TQ and black seed oil against the murine cytomegalovirus infection model has been reported. TQ may thus offer integral complementary support in conditions of uncertain core basic needs during COVID-19 treatment. However, the question of whether TQ might act as a distinctive therapeutic drug for the control and or treatment of COVID-19 still remains to be investigated. So I really like how they laid this out because they give you the data, they tell you what has been proven, what hasn't been proven. But what I love about it is they say that we don't know if TQ or black seed oil itself can be a primary therapeutic drug. And of course, they're talking in medical terms, but in this case, it's a therapeutic food, really. 
but they don't know if it can be the primary thing that you use. And I would, and this this is where my opinion does come in. It seems like it wouldn't be primary, but it would be complementary, as they originally stated, at least with zinc because of the power of the two uh, combined. That makes a lot of sense to me. But I don't know that there's a study, I haven't found one, that's on zinc and black seed oil specific to COVID-19. So a lot of what's happening here is they're showing what it can do for viruses. There is some evidence when it comes to COVID-19, and there's also some pretty compelling evidence from the original SARS outbreak back in 2003 because there were uh, multiple studies done on black seed oil way back then. So they say it still needs to be investigated, but they also suggest that it definitely can at least be a complementary support in conditions of uncertain COVID treatment, meaning, you know, treatment that may need to be done for people that are having more of a severe reaction to the COVID-19 virus. So really interesting. But perhaps the most exciting aspect of their paper is the potential for benefit among those who suffer from comorbidities, such as diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and others. This is in part to what's called anti-ischemic action, which means that it helps to improve blood flow to the organs, including the kidneys, brain, heart, liver, and intestines. Now, this is important because when you think about this, one of the big factors, in fact, it appears the biggest factor in morbidity with COVID-19 are people with comorbidities. They already have one or more problems that are you know, potentially uh, life-threatening, like diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, and autoimmune disease, and things like that. In fact, on average, it's about three other comorbidities that people have when they eventually succumb to COVID-19. So COVID-19 not necessarily acting alone in these patients. So let's read through and see what they say here, because I think this is this is the most exciting part for me. The magnitude of COVID-19 infection is increased by a variety of comorbidities. TQ may thus also be helpful in patients infected with COVID-19 where it can relieve some comorbidity. Serious COVID-19 complications include ARDS, pneumonia, and multiple organ failure. And the risk of all of these is increased in patients with diabetes and cardiovascular diseases. Black seed oil has been shown to reduce plasma glucose levels and control hemoglobin, while the administration of TQ has also been demonstrated to substantially decrease hyperglycemia, high blood sugar, in uh, diabetic rats. So that's an animal study there. One study reported that 7% of the deaths in COVID-19 patients can be ascribed to circulatory failure in myocarditis heart inflammation, suggesting that cardiovascular disorders play an important role in determining final adverse outcomes. And we're certainly finding that more and more with COVID-19 and vaccine reactions. TQ can also act centrally as an antihypertensive agent, meaning it'll lower blood pressure, as well as having a regulatory effect on the platelet aggregation and blood clotting, which we know is also a big factor in COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccination. And TQ protects the heart from injury in rats as well. So that part to me is the most exciting part because what we're really looking at, and I think it's really clear to just about everybody, well, maybe not when you're... (laughs) 
<laughs> when you read some of the polls online about what people believe about COVID-19, it's varied for sure. There are groups of people that still believe 50% of the people with COVID end up in the hospital, which is you know nowhere close to true. But what we do know is that the most vulnerable are very vulnerable to COVID-19, those with pre-existing conditions, autoimmune disease, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, these types of issues. And so it is those people who need the most support in, you know, preventing uh, infection from COVID-19, but also getting through it once they become infected. And, and what it appears is that Omicron itself is, according to Dr. Fal- uh, sorry, Dr. Fauci, and Walensky and all these uh, so-called expert people over at NIH and CDC, they're saying that everybody's going to get Omicron eventually. Vaccinated, unvaccinated, boosted, unboosted, all the things. And so if that's the case, we need to build our immune systems to the point where when we do come in contact with it, it has a limited effect, which, thank goodness, Omicron seems to have on the majority of people anyway, in terms of symptomology. But also, once you contract it, how do we get better from it? And to me, and this is where my opinion comes in, the most logical thing is to get our bodies ready before that happens, before the infection happens, and have the things on hand that we need to fight off these infections whether it's COVID-19 or anything else, because we know without a doubt from the clinical studies that have been done that there are lots of things we can do preventatively short of just trying not to get it in the first place. I think the time has passed for just trying not to get it. With Omicron, and again, this is according to Dr. Fauci, who, while I don't agree with him in a large de- <laughs> to a large degree in a lot of what he's recommending or not recommending one thing that he appears to be on target with is that people are going to get omicron maybe all the people it's really interesting and on the one hand that may be a real blessing because perhaps a bunch of people end up with a natural immunity that they couldn't otherwise get but on the other hand those people who are vulnerable need to take responsibility, I believe, in getting their immune system up as good as they can. And perhaps black seed oil is part of that equation, along with things like zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D and proper hydration, exercise, all the types of things I talked about in the beginning of the show. So I'm really curious about black seed oil. As I said, I'm going to give it a shot for a month or two and just kind of see what it does for me, not because I'm fighting COVID, but because I am fascinated with all of the varied benefits and I like to experiment when it comes to natural products and see what kind of impact they have on me. Black seed, because of the zinc benefit itself, seems to make sense as a prophylactic measure as well as something that could be used when someone becomes sick. Now, again, that's not mine to say, that's you doing your own research, talking to medical professionals, things like that. But the information is really, really intriguing. And what I would like to do, because I'm genuinely curious how people will respond and would like to hear firsthand results from people, is 
you know, what happens when you take black seed oil? How do you feel? Again, not just having to do with COVID, but all the things that black seed oil appears to have benefit for, in, including uh, improving circulation, improving, you know, blood flow to the various organs, reducing uh, chronic inflammation. You know, they talk about it being potentially useful for rheumatoid arthritis and osteoarthritis and a variety of other things. So for me, I'm absolutely going to give it a shot and just see what happens, and I'll certainly uh, report on that. But if you're interested in giving it a try, what I've decided to do at Vitality Nutrition is we're going to offer 20% off on black seed oil, just ongoing for anybody who mentions this radio show or podcast, with the hope that you'll give me some feedback. You know, I don't care what the feedback is, just what honestly has happened with you. Now, this is all going to be anecdotal evidence. It certainly won't be clinical, but anecdotal evidence is still evidence. And I love hearing back from people who listen to the show, people who shop at Vitality on how things work, because real world evidence absolutely matters. So you just mentioned this episode of the radio show or the podcast, if you're interested in giving black seed oil a whirl, and you'll get 20% off. It comes in capsule form, it comes in liquid form, and uh, you can choose either one that you'd like. We'll be happy to help you understand, you know, how to dose it and all that kind of stuff. But again, this isn't me saying black seed oil is the answer to COVID. I don't know if it is or it isn't. I don't personally think there is an answer to COVID. I think it's a multi-pronged approach that needs to be taken with the primary things that I focus on being prevention. And I don't mean just prevention of infection, but getting the body in a position that it is ready to handle whatever invader wants to come along. That's always been, you know, the whole ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure. That's always been the approach that I've taken since my parents taught me that approach years and years ago. So there you go. I'm running out of time and I uh, want to tell you that I appreciate you listening to the show. If this was interesting to you, if you have questions or comments, if you think that I could have done a better job or could have done a worse job and you thought it was amazing, I Whatever the feedback is, I always love to hear it. At Vitality Nutrition, you can call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Wherever you are, if you're within sound of my voice, you're within the range of our help at Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. 
This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.